Thank you for choosing to connect with North Collins Wesleyan Church. We are a church of all ages that is passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Our congregation enjoys worship, fellowship, discipleship, and community outreach. Our worship services are every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. found in North Collins, New York. The following sermon was delivered by Pastor Justin Leininger. Again, thank you for joining with us, and we hope you enjoy. Who is in front of you? Right now, who is in front of you? We're in the midst of a pandemic, and there's no way to escape it. One way or another, the coronavirus, COVID-19, it has had an impact on us. If it's from something small like the difficulty to buy toilet paper or hand sanitizer to something big, fear for our lives, our jobs, our resources, we have all been impacted one way or another. All of that and more, it leads us to remember that everyone right now in our world, in our community, in our families, in our circles, everyone is in need. And it brings us to the importance of this question, who is in front of us? Who in our lives right now needs us? I encourage you to ask yourself that. Who in my life right now, who needs me? Who is in front of you? Who is in front of you? These past few weeks, we've all learned about the value of taking a moment to do something right. I personally never realized how long 20 seconds was until I was instructed that I was supposed to wash my hands for 20 seconds, right? I never understood until we heard that. And then you actually start to try to like count one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, one, and actually do that in your mind. And, and 20 seconds seems like a long time, right? I mean, for real, it seems like a long time, a lifetime. But we want to be healthy, and we want to care for others, and so 20 seconds is what it takes. So I encourage you, wash your hands for 20 seconds. It matters. Now, we live in a world where we rush and rush and rush, and we're always on the move, always jumping to the next thing, always focusing on the future. Taking 20 seconds in a moment, it can actually be kind of painful for us, right? Like, that can be hard to force ourselves to do things the right way. We see this in so many things that we do. Confession time. You know it takes about 20 seconds? In my house, we drink a fair amount of water, and the water comes from the refrigerator, specifically the Brita water filter in our refrigerator. And there's someone in our house who seems to lack the ability to take the 20 seconds and to refill the Brita when it needs to be refilled. And you know who that is, of course. It is me. Yes, it's this guy. This guy is the one who has the problem with doing that. It is so true. It's almost as bad, of course, as the other people in my house who seem to lack the 20 seconds required to change the roll of toilet paper when it needs to be changed, right? Anybody with me on that? Probably don't raise your hand. You might get in trouble. Yeah, that's okay. But yeah, it's amazing. Every little moment, every little action, they do matter, right? Those little things, they do matter, From the second chapter of Ruth, we learn by the example of both Ruth and this person we're going to be introduced to, Boaz, that our actions in every matter, in every moment, even the smallest of moments, they matter. And while in moments that we might consider small and meaningless, we see that God is still at work. He is still at work. And sometimes his love and grace are actually best felt in our small moments of interaction with one another. I encourage you to know and hear this as we begin, and if if you don't pick up anything else, recognize this. This moment matters. This moment in your life and every moment, they matter. 
Let's see how the truth of small actions of grace and love can have huge consequences. We're going to be looking at Ruth chapter 2 in your pew chair Bibles. That's found on page 259. We're going to look at what Ruth chapter 2 says. It's 23 verses, and I think it's important that we read the whole thing so you can kind of bear with us as we go through those 23 verses. In this, I would encourage you to recognize, if you weren't with us for, that first, for the first week in this message series, in Ruth chapter 1, we see Naomi is in this tough spot. She's lost her husband. She's lost her sons. She's alone, but one of her daughters-in-law, Ruth, decides, who's, who's from another country, decides to stick it out with her. And so Naomi is now in her land, back in, in with the people of Israel, right? She's back with God's chosen people, but she is there and has no way to support herself except for her daughter-in-law, Ruth, who came along, who is actually a foreigner. Ruth is from Moab, and so Ruth must feel very out of place. But she's decided that even though Naomi is actually in a very bitter place, she actually calls herself bitter and is probably very difficult, Ruth decides, I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to still stick this out with you. And so she goes, she goes with her and, and is there with her trying to take care of her. And so this is where we find her. They're back in, in, in the promised land, and, and Ruth is trying to help Naomi out. And so this is what it says. Chapter 2, it says, Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain because any, behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted his harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does the young woman belong to? He immediately inquires, who is this new person here? He, he sees that and wants to know what's going on. Verse 5, Boaz asked the overseers of his harvesters, who does this woman belong to, young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And wherever you, whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Verse 11, Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. Verse 14, it continues now, so he's shown grace. In verse 14, we see it says, At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. 
Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it mounted to an epath. She carried it back to town and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered because that was a large amount. And Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over and she had eaten enough after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead, she added. This man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, He even said to me, Stay with my workers until they have finished harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him, because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvesters were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. I was shocked to learn recently that there are individuals in our congregation, yes, in this congregation, who have never seen the movie The Princess Bride. They have never seen that. When I say shocked, I don't use that word lightly. I am dumbfounded, flabbergasted. I find it inconceivable. (laughs) The Princess Bride is quite possibly one of the greatest, the greatest love stories ever told, all wrapped into one of the greatest adventures ever. Romeo and Juliet, Pride and Prejudice, The Notebook, For Young People, The Fault in Our Stars. I don't know what I'm actually talking about. I've just heard that that makes sense for me to say that. They all, of course, take back seats to the princess bride. Why is that? Well, the story does include rodents of unusual size, a rhyming giant, an understanding of being mostly dead, and as you already have mostly understood, an overuse of the word inconceivable. But what makes it great is that the Princess Bride is the perfect example of how love stories don't really, true love stories don't start with big, grand moments or gestures. They start with small, short, but powerful moments of grace and love that set the stage for the big things that could come. In this story filled with big events, love starts by little actions of service and grace. Those big events would never have happened if not for the little actions, in case in this moment, hidden behind a phrase of care, as you wish. It all starts with those little moments, and that's how love, that's how grace, that's how big moments really come about. It's those little moments. The story of Ruth and Boaz It's actually a love story, and I don't think we often look at Ruth as a love story, but in many ways, it is. And it starts very much the same way. Not big, grand, overwhelming gestures, but little actions of service and grace. Little actions that would set the stage for a love story that would change the future of this world. And we say that with no exaggeration. Continue with us in the next two weeks and you will see how this story would be used to change the very future of all of our lives, of the very world we know. Now as we are introduced to Boaz, we discover a man who understands the value of people and the value of a moment. As he greets his workers, he takes time. He greets them with respect. Immediately, Boaz is aware of the people present. He's not thinking about work. He's not thinking about those priorities. He is looking around, and he is thinking about people. And he sees Ruth, and he asks who she is. What is going on here? 
And when he discovers her situation, he wastes no time in first securing her safety and then extending to her hospitality. This is a big deal. As a foreigner, Ruth could have possibly been hurt and harassed, if not simply just said, you don't belong here, go away. That's probably the easiest thing that could have happened, but she could have been hurt and seriously harassed. Boaz is aware, and his first response is to show her grace. Reminds us of this, every moment is a moment to show grace. Every moment. Lock that in your heart. Every moment is a moment to show someone grace. As God extends grace to us in every moment, for every moment, may we respond in kind with grace for every moment. As the day continues, Boaz is committed to small moments of grace. He shares their meal with Ruth, bread, wine, vinegar, and roasted grain. This lunch probably wouldn't top any of our lists, right? We're not going to find it in any diner or place around here. We're not going to see that. This lunch may not be high for us, but actually at this time, this was a quality meal. It would have been considered healthy and hearty, but not heavy. And if you're out working in fields, that's kind of what you want, right? Something that nourishes you, that makes you feel good, but doesn't make you feel heavy. And it would have been perfect for that. Boaz has his workers show further kindness to Ruth, even sending her extra food, Extra food comes her way, and we find out that he further extended the invitation for her to continue to work in his fields. Every moment, every moment is a moment to show grace. Before he thought of his prophets, before he thought of his harvest, before he thought of his workers being as efficient as possible, he was thinking, how can I help this woman? How can I care for her? How can I love her? How can I show her grace? We see the same thing in Ruth, right? She receives each kindness, not with any entitlement, but with, with respect and appreciation. And all along the way, we see that she continues to remember Naomi. She never allows a moment to go by that she isn't thinking about how she can love and care for Naomi. And we recognize this. That if Naomi's heart, which is very bitter right now, if it is to change, it will be the continual grace, it will be by the continual grace shown to her from Ruth. Ruth returns to Naomi. Ruth continues to encourage Naomi, shares the good news, takes time to communicate. These are the blessings that we have experienced. And then through it all, she, she shares what she has with Naomi. She saves part of her meal for Naomi. Every moment here. Every moment matters. Every moment is a moment for grace. It matters. We don't often value the moment that we find ourselves in, right? At least we don't until it seems like we are past the moment and then we wish we did. I did a little research and many of our most popular musicians wrote songs. And this is a popular theme, right? We write songs because this is on all of us, right? We write songs about the passing of time. Musicians do this all the time. They, they write songs either about how we wish time would move faster. And that's often from like the younger crowd. And then when we're in the older crowd, we, we write songs about how, oh man, time moves so quickly. I wish I would have like taken in a, and appreciated that time more. You can see these from all kinds of artists. The Beatles, Pink Floyd, Green Day, Simon and Garfunkel, Rod Stewart, John Mayer, Cold play an oasis you can even and you don't have to research really hard you can find a song by by cindy lopper about this right yeah you can find that song it's like one of her more popular ones in these songs we wish time would move more quickly then we wish it would slow down we wish time would have aligned perfectly for us and then we wish we could have the time of our lives that's in there as well right 
all of those things about time. When we think about time, we recognize this. Our most valuable moment in time, what is it? What's our most valuable moment in time? It's this one right now. It's this one right now. It is the only one we're guaranteed. It is the only one we can change. It is the one given to us by God with free will to have an impact in. This moment matters. If we want God to work in people's lives, if we want him to work in our lives, that starts in faithful daily interactions. It starts in this moment. How can we show grace in this moment? As we have seen time and time again in Scripture, as we have seen with Ruth and Boaz, God uses small moments of grace, of kindness, of love, and care to build the bigger story. Our small moments of grace, they set the stage. And there is no bigger story, there is no bigger story of love without those little moments of grace that start, that pave the way. I would say that if I'm honest, I think there are many of us who are looking for our bigger moments, right? We're looking for our bigger story, but the truth is some of us never get our big moments because we miss making the most out of the small ones. We miss that beginning of the story, right? We miss setting that stage, little moments of grace, and we never get to see our bigger story. We recognize this truth. God puts us in moments, in these small opportunities. He gives us those opportunities because we recognize that they change hearts and they can change our hearts. Warren Wearsby, he famously said it like this, and I, I love this quote. He said, before God changes our circumstances, and, and think about that, how often do we want God to change our circumstances? That's like our normal daily prayers. He says, before God changes our circumstances, he wants to change our hearts. If our circumstances change for the better, but we remain the same, then we will become worse. It's true, isn't it? We will become worse. He further says God's purpose in providence is not to make us comfortable, but to make us conformable. Not to make us comfortable, but to make us conformable. The book in, in, of Ruth is in many ways the story of Naomi's heart, right? Being changed by Ruth's actions. Remember in this time, Naomi says it in chapter 1. She says, call me bitter because I am bitter. She's bitter. She is fairly difficult to be around. And because of the free will that God has given us, we recognize that Naomi's heart can't and won't be changed by God simply snapping his fingers and fixing the situation. In fact, if he does that at this point, it's probably worse off for her, right? If he just fixes the situation, her heart is probably worse off. It will happen, though. Her heart can be changed because of the grace continually shown moment after moment after moment to Naomi by Ruth and Boaz. Right now, we recognize this. The moments in your life, they matter. They matter. Why do they matter? They matter because of you have the chance to show grace. You have that chance Remember, our simple movements of grace can change hearts, they can change lives, they can change history. They can. But I would encourage each and every one of us to recognize this. This is a battle. It is a battle that we face in every single 
moment. It is a battle between our love and our selfishness. Every moment, every chance for grace, it is a battle between our love and our selfishness. And so I encourage you to ask yourself right now, which one in my life, my love or my selfishness, which one will win? Which one will win? My love or my selfishness? Grace, it calls for us to be intentional. It calls for us to intentionally choose our love over our selfishness. It takes us making that purposeful decision to say, in this moment, I will not think about myself. I will think about the other people in front of me. We recognize this truth. Right now, our children and our families, they need that grace, right? They need us to intentionally choose them over ourselves. They need that moment. But when we do that again and again in small moments of love, that is how we shape their hearts. That is how, as, as Warren Wearsby said it, how we help them become conformable, right? We help that take place. It's not in any big grand gesture. It's in little moments of continually choosing them over ourselves, loving and caring and being graceful. We want this from our, our friends and neighbors as, right, as well, right? We want big changes for some of the people in our lives, but it starts with these small moments where we extend grace to them, where we take a moment and say, I'm going to, I'm going to put their needs first. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to hear them out. I'm going to love them. I'm going to extend them grace that honestly, maybe they don't deserve, right? But we'll remember that God extends us grace again and again and again that we don't deserve. And even if they are difficult to be around, even if they are burdened, I'm not going to back down from having the conversations, from having the listening ears, from pouring into their lives. We also further recognize this, right? And it's very clear to us, our world right now, our community needs grace from us. Our world right now is in need of people who are going to be graceful. This is one of the things that I recognize. Our world right now, and we can be honest about this, right? Our world is filled with fear. Our world is filled with fear. How do you combat fear in the world? It doesn't come from any big gesture. It comes from each and every one of us being willing to take the opportunity to, to intentionally say, I'm choosing love over my selfish actions because fear is 100% selfish, right? Fear, it locks you in. It says, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm going to buy everything for me and I'm going to share nothing with everyone, right? That is fear. Fear says, I'm, I'm going to do everything for myself. I'm going to watch out for myself. Whatever I want, whatever impacts me, it's all about me. But grace and faith say, I'll put you first. I'm not afraid. I have a God who's in control of this. He's got me in my hand, his hands, and I am secure. And I, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about myself. I'm going to worry about you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to take time for a moment with you. I'm going to share what I have with you. I'm going to focus on you. And when we do that, Fear flees, right? We send it away. We drive it from this world. And right now, that's what our world needs. 
Christians who simply step out in our faith in God and say, I believe strong enough to show you what grace looks like. I asked myself a question. As I looked at this story in this moment, I asked myself a question, what does, whoa, that's loud, that's good, that's okay, you're going to hear that for a second. I asked myself a question, what does that look like? What does it look like for us to take that moment? If we're going to have grace, and as we look at this story of, of Ruth and, and Boaz, how long does it take, honestly, for us to be intentional? What does it take for us to be intentional and to say, I'm going to be intentional in putting you before me? About how long does that take? In this story, how long did it take Boaz each time he did that for Ruth? And when Ruth did it for Naomi, about how long did it take him to do that? Took him about, what, 20 seconds? Does 20 seconds sound pretty good to you? I think it took him about 20 seconds. Got a little timer on my phone, got a microphone. It's going to go off. I actually set it for 21 seconds because it's going to take me a second to hit the button and then start washing my hands, which is how long we're supposed to go, right? 20 seconds, go. This is all the time it takes to put someone else in our lives first. I know this can seem like a long time, although it smells pretty wonderful. It's like some kind of sunset thing, but it, it actually smells like cotton candy, which I'm going to smell like a lady. That's okay, all right? But <laughs> that's all right. But there it is. Did you hear it? 20 seconds already. The truth of the matter is putting someone else first in our lives. I mean, I know that 20 seconds, it feels like it can be long, right? It feels like it can be a long, long time. But the truth of the matter is putting someone else first in our lives, it really takes no time at all. It just takes each and every one of us being intentional for the people in this world that we care about, which is hopefully everyone. You have that wonderful opportunity. I encourage you to take your 20 seconds. Take your 20 seconds. This moment matters. Your moments of grace will make a difference. Right now, ask yourself and be honest. Who is in front of me? Who is in front of me? Who needs me? to show just a very simple amount of grace to help fear lead their lives. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God above, God, I thank you so much for the opportunities that we have to just show grace in this world, to be a wonderful and incredible blessing. God, thank you, thank you for that. God, the truth is, is it can feel a little bit like an inconvenience to do this, and, and it probably is, but the truth is, in reality, it, it doesn't take that much investment from us. We look at Boaz. His life wasn't super hindered. His life wasn't super, super hurt. Maybe his business was a little different because of his investment. Maybe he lost some resources. But God, we know that the blessing he made changed the world. And, and the truth is, God, those little moments of grace, as we're going to see in the weeks to come, are about to change his life dramatically dramatically. God, we recognize that for ourselves too. We have the opportunity by being intentional to say no to our selfishness and to say yes to our love. We have the opportunity to change lives around us. God, I pray right now 
Because I know in this room, there are many of us, and, and we look at our own hearts, and we want them to be shaped. This is how it starts, God. This is how it starts. We shape our lives. We make ourselves conformable by making these steps of grace for you. God, well, I also know in this room, there are those individuals who who we've got someone on our heart and mind, someone we want to impact, someone we want to see become made conformable. God, they might be someone who we look at and, and they're probably like Naomi to Ruth and they're bitter, they're difficult to be around and we think to ourselves, how is anything ever going to happen here? But we see what begins to happen, God, when we simply step out in grace. When we love them as we would want to be loved, we put them before ourselves. God, help us to take those steps. Help us to be encouraging to others. May we be intentional in being graceful and and in being love and caring. Bless us in those opportunities, God. Open our hearts to you. May we be made aware of who right now is in front of us and is in need. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us as we close in worship?